Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Your boy Tavares here. So I've read some comments and I've read some DMs. You guys were super excited to have Safa back. And yes, she will be in on more episodes. I promise. She's just not with us tonight. I'm going to be diving into a topic that's actually been on my mind for a few months. I just haven't been able to, um, to upload this or get to it. But it's just some thoughts that's been going on in my head in regards to what the enemy's trying to do with sexuality. I guess it's kind of perfect timing, seeing how we're in the month of confused individuals, um, not realizing that pride goes before a fall. Um, but today I just want to talk a little bit about this message God placed on my heart. If you're new, subscribe. Stop listening to the episodes and not subscribing. Stop listening and not putting five stars on Apple. We are giving you enough truth that if you don't like us, you're still forced to study. And that's my goal at the end of the day, to push you guys towards Jesus Christ so you can develop your own relationship with him and not depend on me or anyone else or any pastor for your salvation. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But if you need resources in regards to dating, either yourself, your child, or someone in your youth group or someone at your church, Check out GodlyDating101Book.com to grab our book, uh, Discovering the Truth About Relationships in a World That Constantly Lies. But today, I want to talk to you, like I said, about a topic that's been on my head for a while. I'm talking about sexuality. Next week, God willing, Safa will be in for that episode. So today, we're talking about the enemy's plan for your sexuality. Next week, we'll be talking a little bit about God's plan for your sexuality. And obviously, those things are great detail. You know, it requires so much study, so much um, extensive research. So I'm not saying everything the enemy will do or what God will do in regards to this, but I just want to show you guys some basic principles that we can have a better understanding. And that way, the right mindset helps us to live the right way. You can't have a, a holy lifestyle with bad theology. Um, but yeah, so the reasoning behind this episode, so it actually just stopped recently in the past couple weeks or months, but for months, beginning of this year, I think the end of last year as well, my YouTube channel was constantly suggesting um, LGBT type um, videos. I'll be watching a sermon and in the right suggested videos, it'll be a quiz. Are you G-A-Y? Am I G-A-Y? Click this to find out if you're G-A-Y. You know, I don't know how YouTube does with censoring, um, but you guys know I don't care, but I'm just trying to be respectful because I don't know. You know how they do with censoring. However, they were constantly showing all these videos, and I'm just like, dude, I'm watching sports. They show it. Um, my kid is a cartoon, so my kid could watch it. They show it. Um, watching something dealing with church, a church video. There's literally a pastor on there preaching holiness that pops up. Some YouTubers I like to listen to. I'm watching that nonsense pops up, and I'm just like, this needs to be stopped. And it was nothing I could do. Reach out to Google. It was that bad. And I'm just like... This is odd because my kid will be walking by. He's like, hey, dad, what's that? Not realizing this stuff is catering to kids because they'll show like pictures of little kids in a thumbnail trying to get them to click on it. Not realizing it's something um, that pushes a, you know, a, a, a ungodly agenda. Um, so they kept doing that with my YouTube. And thank God it stopped. I don't know why it stopped or how it stopped, but thank God it's over with. Um, and then I saw a post today, just today with a school posting for pride, um, you know, celebrating pride, you know, you know how they do in the month of June, 
And it's not that that disturbed me per se, because every company is doing it. Every school is doing it. My school is posting about pride. You know what I mean? But the, the thing that threw me off was this is a, a known Christian school, TCU, Texas Christian University, I believe is what they're called, the Horned Frogs. If you watch sports, you probably know about them. If you don't watch sports, you probably never heard of school unless you're looking into like Bible, seminary, stuff like that. And then I saw a post and then they were endorsing it. And then it was people in the comments that were like, whoa, that's, I didn't see that coming. And then there was a whole lot of people attacking the Christians who were uncomfortable by it. Commenting like, what are we doing? Isn't this a Christian school? Comments in their disdain, their disgust, their their confusion with the post. And then people were attacking the Christians, trying to make it seem like they were judgmental. And I was just like, yeah, this is actually perfect timing to do this episode, <laughs> you know? And it's crazy because I realized that there's a slow pattern that's happening, whereas the enemy, we don't even realize how how toxic society has become, even those who are sensitive in the spirit, to realize um, that society is declining during a, down a degrading path of sexuality, down an uh, unbiblical, unholy, uh, very impure path of, of, you know, lasciviousness, you know, lustful, lustful desires and carnality. Even those of you who pray a lot and your, your, your discernment is up, you don't even realize how bad the situation actually is. You know, because I'm going to talk about God's plan soon, you know, but I want us to understand God's plan was always to unite a married couple. You know, it was always to unite a married couple. They'd be able to have children. They'd be able to have pleasure. They'll be able to realize the highest form of intimacy there is. The only other form of intimacy higher than two people coming together in sex is literally when the bridegroom meets his church. That's literally the highest point. That's why we are saved. That's why we're seeking God for that moment when we meet Jesus face to face. It's nothing more intimate other than like sex on this earth for us to get that example. And that's why marriage is always used as a symbol talking about God in a church. And we're understanding more about God when we realize we're in a relationship with him. But perversion is now so common that we we ignore what God actually desires in the church. We don't even realize how bad things are. You know, there are Christians at this point who support the LGBT community. And I don't mean, oh, you know, they don't disrespect them. They're kind to them. Listen, if you're a Christian and you mistreat people that, that don't live like you, then you're not a real Christian because you're not understanding Jesus' point. No one is telling you to look down on these people, mistreat them, uh, tell them they're going to hell. Listen, it is true. But 1 Corinthians um, 6 also tells us, such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of um, Jesus Christ. So while we could condemn them, we were condemned. If it wasn't for God's mercy, it wasn't for God's grace. His grace put me out of sin. That's literally a shirt I'm wearing right now. We need to understand, loving that community does not mean endorsing their lifestyle. And unfortunately, there are Christians who do now. I remember looking for a church when I was in Virginia, and there was a church that literally had a group to support them, a group of people who would, um, you know, like a group at the church. And it's like, no, the goal is they come, they get delivered, they live for God, just like any other sin. We don't form a support group for people who want to continue in that lifestyle. That's not how holiness works. 
and the church should be in a constant pursuit of purity and righteousness before God. Not our own works, but understanding that as we dive into him and immerse ourselves in his word, in his presence, in prayer, in his will, he's going to change us. He's not leaving us in the same sins that we were in. But there are churches and people who endorse it. They're friends with these people. They promote everything that they do. You don't even promote some... There are some people who don't post their pastor, don't post these churches that they attend, but let somebody in that community post something. And they're the first ones commenting, liking, and it's just like, what is happening? You know, the enemy has brought, in my opinion, so much spiritual darkness that we don't even see the urgency of the times. And as parents, you have to be vigilant. As brothers and sisters, you have to be vigilant. As a church, you cannot get complacent. We have to stay rooted in God. You have to stay vigilant because your mind will become desensitized. That's the scary part. We don't even realize when we're becoming desensitized. And we have to not get to the point where we forget what God is actually trying to tell us. We have to we have to be careful that we're not being complacent spiritually. You know, so we have no room to turn a blind eye because if the church is silent, the world will be lost. We cannot afford to be quiet as a church. And I believe one of the reasons that we have so much like gender confusion and um, gender fluidity is what they call it. You know, and the identity crisis in today is because we're not even crucifying our urges. We're entertaining them. We're allowing our urges to be God. So I want to talk a little bit about, excuse me, the enemy's plan for yourself, for, for your sexuality. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So many of us, we go through all of our issues in life and we don't know how to deal with it. Um, I think a lot of times we think stress and trauma are the only time someone needs to go to therapy. But truth be told, there are a lot of things that you go through on a day-to-day basis and you don't know the right way to deal with it. That could be in your career. That could be in relationships. That could be in school. As someone in college classes, trust me, it gets stressful. And I know a lot of people who have decided to drop out of their majors or some people who stayed in their majors and sought therapy and always came back saying therapy was a huge benefit for them. So if you're a person who feels as though you may not have gone through trauma, but you have such a, a burden to carry, I believe that you should give BetterHelp a try. If you're thinking about therapy, I think it's the best place to start. It's fully online, it's flexible with your schedule, and it's something that is easy and something that I recommend. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash godly to, today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash godly. And the first thing I believe the devil wants to do, and this is probably the biggest, I was literally going to make the entire podcast about that, but I decided, let me show you guys some more steps in case you don't, you may recognize this one, but you may not recognize a few others. But the first thing he does, and we see it in Genesis, he gets you to question God. Genesis 3, and listen, y'all know me, I don't come in here just talking. This is a podcast that tries to push you to the Bible so you're forced to study, examine your life, dig deeper, and grow. So the day you stop listening to this podcast, you have a thriving relationship with God. Genesis 3, starting at verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Um... The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, but about 
the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, God said, you must not eat, eat it or touch it or you will die. No, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for, for food and delightful to look at and that it was desirable for attaining wisdom. So she took some of this fruit and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. <laughs> then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. That's the crazy part about this. You didn't even know you were naked. You didn't know you were exposed. You didn't know anything because God had you in a place of purity and innocence, but you entertained something that he told you not to. And now you're walking around in shame. Because you see, the enemy wants you to question God. He he tells you God is holding back from you, but he doesn't show you the shame you're going to have to walk in the moment you disobey God. He tells you, listen, man, everybody's doing it. Did God really say you can't do that? Look at the popular pastor down the road. He's doing it. Look at the past. Look at the popular influencer that's a Christian. She's doing it. And he tells you, did God really say you can't do that? Bro, what kind of church should you go to? Did God really say that that's not a thing? Nah. But since the beginning of time, that's what the enemy has been doing. Getting us to question God's plan. Is that really a big deal? You know what I mean? It's no big deal. He will lie and make it seem like God is saying these things to hinder you from pleasure. You know, when you're younger, you don't realize it. Your parents are telling you no to candy, eat your vegetables, no to juice, drink some water. No, you can't um, have ice cream and go straight to bed, brush your teeth. It seems annoying as a child. As you grow up, you get wisdom, you see, and God didn't need them to learn from a bad experience. Many of us will eat that ice cream day and night, not brush our teeth. And then when God sends that cavity your way, then you realize, but I didn't need to teach you about cavities. All I needed you to do was follow what I was telling you. I didn't need to tell you you'll be obese. All I needed you to do was to listen to me when I told you to eat a salad. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm not trying to make it sound elementary, but honestly, Honestly, it is. There's so many things God wants us to to avoid. And we don't even realize it until we're there. And we're just like, man, if only I would have followed God's plan. See, but that's what the enemy does. He gets you to question God. He gets you to question. It's like, okay, all these are rules. This is legalism. I, I don't think it, 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 that, it doesn't even matter. Everybody else is doing it. Look at those Christians on TikTok. Look at those Christians. Nobody at my church gets in trouble when they do it. Why? Why is it a big deal if I do it? And it's like, because you are not everybody else. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I called you. <laughs> you know, we think we chose God. Jesus told us that you ain't choose me. I chose you. It's God that's in pursuit of us. You know, but if you allow the enemy to speak to you, you'll begin to question things you were persuaded of. Holiness standards. The way you dressed. You were persuaded that you had to be modest. But now you don't really care. You are persuaded that you need to not send certain pictures, but now eh, it's no big deal. You are persuaded that you shouldn't be unequally yoked, but now, uh, I mean, 
Everybody's doing it. You were persuaded that you were going to maintain your, your purity physically until you get to that wedding day. But uh, I mean, I've already done it before. Why not again? That's what happens when you allow the enemy to speak to you. You begin to question God. And this still happens today. He wants you to question your identity. Well, I'm attracted to men. I'm attracted to women today. I'm attracted to both tomorrow. Ah, well, it's a little fluid. Or maybe I'm bi non-binary. Maybe I'm bi. And it's just like he wants you to question if remaining abstinent is too much. Celibate till marriage. Too much. He wants you to question it. He wants you to find the one thing God said to avoid. And he wants to place that in your mind over and over and over to get you to compromise. See, I, I believe that's one of the enemy's biggest tactics. He wants you to be curious but curious outside of what God is saying. So he's, no one has ever, the devil has told no one, hey, read your Bible today. He'll tell you to go on Netflix for eight hours, but he ain't going to tell you to go on that Bible for eight hours because he knows if you get connected to God, his lies won't work. He knows that if you get connected to the things of this world, you will be lost. And that's the thing. We have to be careful because the Bible teaches us what the context of sex should look like, but society imposes their view. The month of June is literally dedicated to people in rebellion to what God said a marriage should look like. That that's what they we're now celebrating people saying, I'm going to do what I want to do, even if it's not God's will. That's what this month is. The month of June has lost it. Disney places so many sexual innuendos that we didn't even realize as kids, and now when you watch certain things now, it's just like Hey, that was low-key kind of perverted. <laughs> like, I did not see that coming when I was younger. You know, kid shows, gay characters. Uh, every single, any good show you watch on TV, they have to have a, a you know, a, a flamboyant character. And, and crazy enough, it's, and don't come for me in the comments, but honestly, it felt like a lot of shows I watched, the one black character that was in there, yeah, I'm not going to finish that sentence, but if you're black, you know what I mean. So I believe that this is something that's still happening today. But honestly, this is something we we don't have to be afraid of, but we have to be vigilant because it's subtle decline and it's easy to normalize this. But I believe that God is, is letting us know that we have to be careful um, of what we're entertaining because if you allow yourself to start questioning where you are, start questioning God's plan, you will turn away from God. I'm going to read this verse before I go to plan number two. It says in 2 Timothy 4, 9 through 10, it says, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessal Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. In other words, Paul was doing ministry with someone, Demas or Damas, however you guys pronounce it, and it says that at some point he left him, he abandoned him, because of his love for this present world. So somebody who was in love with God fell in love with the world. And the moment you start to question God, you're a step closer to loving the world. And don't get me wrong. God is not afraid of your questions. God is not afraid of your the times of confusion where you don't understand what's going on. But instead of seeking him in his word and prayer and fasting and accountability and guidance and your pastor... And you decide to just, well, what is everybody in the world doing? That's when you lose your way. So we have to be careful where we go for answers. 
The second plan of the enemy, he wants to normalize perversion. We're already here now, you know what I mean? And I know you guys already see this point um, in your cities, in your schools, sometimes in your churches. We see it in our families. We see it in our friends. We see it in our neighborhoods. It's everywhere. He wants to normalize perversion. And like I told you guys with the, the stuff that YouTube was showing me in my um, like suggested videos, they're just like subtly, it's like they're grooming these people. It's like they're trying to groom the children. Like children, there are a lot of children who, a lot of adults who said, I honestly felt like I was, you know, I was attracted to the same sex since I was five, six. I'm not calling them liars. But it's the fact that when they were two, three, four, five, six, they were being fed. Like, if you see what they're teaching kids now, they're kids that are allowed the chance to change your body. Um, a pastor in Virginia mentioned that he had a, a child. He has a kid that just finished kindergarten and a child that's in their kindergarten class has already crossed over their gender. So this is not just something that you see on TV. This is something that is right around your neighborhood with so many parents that are allowing their children who can't pick their own bedtime to choose their gender. Children who can't even choose a healthy meal for themselves to determine what I like. So we're not even teaching children the right way to live. We're allowing them to teach us. Why? It's because society is normalizing perversion. It's normalizing confusion. They're grooming them to think this is okay. Go ahead. And if you have a problem with it, there's some... I'm trying to remember. I don't, I don't, think, it was, I don't think it was my pastor here in Florida, but I heard some... A minister telling telling us recently saying how they were um, doing something at the school, whereas they allowed uh, the trans community, I believe it was, to speak to the young adults in the class. Um, I think it was high school or something. But the parents were not allowed in the room when the trans community came in. So it's just like, I don't want my kid hearing this. How are you going to say parents can't come in to determine what's being said? And that's where where things are being normalized. So guys, again. A whole lot of verses, but I want you to see that this is nothing new. This is in a scripture. Romans 1, starting at verse 18. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, not just LGBTQ, LMNOP, um, against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they know God, but they want to worship him as God or give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise. They instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God... They worship the idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desire. Go basically rock on with your bad self. Do whatever your heart desire. And it says, as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped. And serve the things that God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. 
Even the woman turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Romans 1 is so, Romans in general is so loaded, but what people love to say, ah, uh, New Testament doesn't talk about same-sex sin. Uh, God is clear. Oh, you're going to do what you want? I'll leave you over to a reprobate mind and allow you to do what the Bible calls unnatural. Leave you to those unnatural affections, things that are shameful. And we see all these things were happening because it became normal. It became normal for them. So while we think it's normal in the world, just because the world normalizes it does not mean God now endorses it. The world can do whatever they want. Sleep with whoever they want. Marry how many people they want. Divorce, remarry, divorce, remarry. Go date whoever, whoever, do whatever you want. Have fun. But God has a standard for his people. And I'm assuming everybody listening to this podcast is already a believer, contemplating a life with God. But I need you to understand that God's ways are better. <laughs> All of this is talking about how they're walking down a path of darkness. But I want you to see that is saying that they worship the creations more than the creator. They weren't even serving God at that point. And that's what's happening. If you look across America, you look across our world, if you look across the Internet, people have not realized that they are now normalizing perversion. Third thing I want to point out to you, the enemy's plan against your sexuality. He wants you to become addicted. Now, don't get me wrong. Addictions come in many forms. I did not decide to look up all the ways that you can be addicted with various things. But the main thing, you know, is obviously pornography, um, you know, self-pleasure, if that makes sense. Um, you know, but the thing is, the enemy knows that if I can get you addicted to pornography, I can destroy your marriage even before you get married. Because if you don't get delivered from the spirits that you are attaching yourself to, now you're comparing your spouse to somebody that was on a TV getting paid, drugged, and as a professional, doing this probably hundreds of times per week in order to impress a camera. And now your wife that can't do anything, you're looking at her like a failure instead of a gift from God. Now your husband who can't keep up with all the foolishness that, that you were entertaining on the TV, and you are entertaining with your devices in your top drawer to the left. How is he supposed to compete with stuff that you are never supposed to have in your life? The enemy wants to get you addicted. There was a, a woman. Um, I, don't, I don't know if she was married. Yeah, I think she was married. Um, but some years ago, a woman, you know, it came out that she was, I guess, leaving her husband, complaining about her husband because he couldn't fulfill his duties in a bedroom. Right. However, this woman had a past of using all types of devices and placing them in crevices that they had no business going to. So in other words, now a human that you should have been blessed with and enjoying pleasure with the enjoying that that undefiled bedroom with cannot compete with the, the nonsense that you are putting into your body. 
And it's like, it sounds like Tavares, come on, bro, we get the point. You're doing too much. No, some people don't understand. This literally happens in relationships today, inside of the church as well. That's all I'm going to say, fam, because I don't want to gross anybody out, but I do some counseling sessions. I'll just say that. And there are a lot of people who feel unfulfilled in marriage. And if you figure out why, you'll realize it's because they were a Addicted to sex in the past. And when now when you have to deal with just one person instead of the 30 that you're used to, it's hard for you to realize commitment is easy because you've you just made sex so casual. So now you can't really get with it because it's just not for you anymore. The enemy knows if I can get you addicted to porn, man, bro, your marriage is gonna fail because I can I can put those insecurities in you before you even meet your spouse. I can put those unrealistic expectations. I can put those trust issues. I can even isolate you from meeting the man or woman that God wants you to meet. Because that's what pornography does. That's what sexual addiction does. It isolates you. Sex was intended to serve your spouse. And unfortunately, addictions will cause you to turn sex into looking at people as objects to fulfill me. You'll become selfish and not realize it's about serving the other person. And the last thing I'm going to mention about the enemy's plan for your sexuality, the enemy wants to make you your own God. All the way from in the garden, he wanted to be their God. Do what I say and not what God's saying. Actually, do whatever you want. Did God really say that? It's no big deal. You could do it if you wanted to. He wants to make you your own God. Luke 6, 46 says a question to the church that I believe God is still asking me and you today. So why do you keep calling me Lord or Lord when you don't do what I say? You know what I mean? Like, that's why, that's one of the reasons why um, I love to teach. But it's also difficult sometimes when you teach people who don't want to listen. You ever had somebody ask you for advice? And you know good and well they're not going to listen to you. <laughs> you know, there's some people you ask them for advice and it's like you think they get it. And then they go right back to the relationship, right back to the, the bad decision, right back to the gambling addiction, whatever it is. And it's not that your advice was bad. It's just because they've already made up their mind on what they're going to do. <laughs> That's crazy. My pastor just spoke about that too. But people can... um. Uh, there's a quote that says, when your mind is made up, everything begins to look like confirmation. And it's also another quote that says, it's hard to hear God's voice when you already determined, you know, you you already determined what he what you want him to say. It's hard to hear God's voice when you've already determined what you want to hear him say. So if you say the answer is yes, it doesn't matter how many times God said no. The answer is yes, because you convince yourself that you're your own God. So why do you keep Lord, Lord, I need this. Lord, Lord, come through for me. But you're not doing what he's saying. And a lot of people, they hear this and they're like, ah, oh, legalism, Tavares preaching perfection and obedience. No, it's just like, bro, faith leads to works. Faith leads to obedience. You show your faith by your obedience. You cannot have a life of faith and ignore God until it's convenient and you need, you need a problem fix. Another verse I want you to see is this, about how Satan, we don't realize Satan is trying to make us our own God. 
1 Corinthians 6, starting at verse 18, it says, Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must, not optional, so you must honor God with your body. A lot of us, and bear in mind, we all stumble. Tavares is not speaking to you guys from a place of figured it all out, never made a mistake. No, I'm not there. But we have to understand something. Your body does not belong to you. What you do with your body has to be judged by what God said you can do with your body. And the enemy wants to mess with your sexuality by causing you to be the judge of what you do with your body. If I say, somebody say, hey, Tavares, nice shirt. I want to borrow your shirt. And I say, cool, you could borrow it. And then they decide they about to go swimming, go play in some mud, do all kind of craziness in my shirt, give it back to me with holes in it. I know I used this, um, this scenario before, but it's just like, bro, you could do whatever you want in your stuff, but you really violated my belongings like that? That's where we have to draw the line. And I believe... We're at a point now where God is drawing the line. There's a verse in Acts that said, in the times of ignorance, God was winking at it, but now he's calling all to repentance. So God will allow us, you know, that space of grace. Thank God for allowing me a space of grace. I need grace in order to even be saved, in order to be in ministry, in order to be married, in order to not be in jail. It's because of God's grace, because every day I circle trying to honor God. Like Paul said, when you want to do good, evil presents itself. But we have to understand that God is so merciful, but he's still God and he will not be mocked. So when he says, I bought you with a price, he wants to determine how you live your life. And some people are going to listen to that and they're just like, Tavares, I'm kind of with you, but it just sounds super manipulative. And that sounds so controlling. That would be controlling if we look, because we're looking at God like a like a regular human. We're not looking at him like God. If my dad controlled everything I did, it's just like, dude, you ain't perfect. You can't tell me what to do. But when God, who is perfect, knows all things, and even though he knows all things about me and about life in general, loves me so deeply that he only wants what is best for me, that means I can trust what he's saying. God loves me enough for me to trust him. When I don't like what he's telling me to do, I know he has my best interests at heart. When my kid thinks I hate him because I put a green bean in his plate, he knows, well, other than the fact that I might, you know, you know, pop him a couple of times. I'm kidding. I don't beat my kid because he doesn't eat vegetables. I just turn off the TV and then he gets mad and eats the vegetables. <laughs> but if God loves us so much, we need to understand that even when we disagree, he has the best plans for us. So I, I want to encourage you guys. Don't fall for the enemy's tricks in regards to your sexuality. Don't make yourself your own God. Allow Jesus, allow God himself to determine what you do through the scriptures. Allow the Holy Spirit inside of you to guide you. Don't become addicted to anything outside of Christ. Don't allow yourself to become addicted to your your urges, your hormones, to what society expects. Do not normalize perversion. 
So many of you, you will never turn on pornography, but you don't realize that perversion is so normalized in your life because it's everywhere. You don't have to turn on pornography to open Instagram. I follow fitness pages and I'm like, bro, I can't even follow her. Why is she naked? It's just like they normalize this stuff. And before you know it, no big deal. Uh, there they go. Just posting that again. There they go. Just kissing each other again. There they go. Just uh, same sex doing this. And it's just like before you know it, you don't even realize that now you're entertained by it. Don't get to that point. And the last thing I want to tell you, do not start questioning God. If you have questions, obviously, about scriptures, dive in, seek God, dig deeper. But don't question God's motives for why he tells you to do what he tells you to do. God loves you, and he only wants what's best for you. So I don't want you all to feel as though you need to feel as though what the world has to offer is better than what God has to offer, because it's not. So if you're new, I didn't make the episode too long. I'm trying to get my wife on more episodes uh, life is hectic with work, school, and still trying to balance ministry because our kids come before everything. Our marriage has to come before everything. But we love you guys. You guys have been rocking with us from the beginning. Comment. If you listen to that, be sure to comment, like, subscribe, share with a friend. The most important thing I can ever ask for you is to share with a friend. And gollydating101book.com. I appreciate all you guys that support it. Be sure to cop that. Love y'all. Be blessed in Jesus' name.